The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed during this or any broadcast belong solely to our guests or our hosts. These broadcasts do not represent or reflect the views of their employers, sponsors, or affiliated organizations. Welcome to the Flipboard EDU podcast with your host, William Jeffrey, where we collaborate, communicate, and educate with the greatest educators in the world on Flipboard. Let's start the show. Welcome back, Flipboard fam. This is your favorite coach, Coach Jeffrey, and I'm excited to share even more cool tools that were available this summer at ISTE. This week's cool tool for schools is geared towards movement, learning, and supporting special education students. Movement-based learning is a groundbreaking approach to educational games for pre-K through five students for special needs. It is based on the premise that all children are born with the ability to move and that this ability is essential to their learning and development. Kinems is a company that specializes in creating movement-based learning products for children with special needs. Their products are designed to promote movement, communication, and social skills, while a learner is highly engaged in multi-sensory learning. In today's episode, we have a fantastic guest, Michael Boladakis. Michael is the founder of Kenems, a company dedicated to enhancing learning outcomes for special education students and gamifying individual education plans, or IEPs. So like we always do about this time, let's collaborate, communicate, and educate with the best educators in the world right here on Flipboard EDU Podcast. Welcome back to more fam. This is your favorite coach, Coach Jeffrey. I have another amazing guest here today, Mr. Michael Boludakis. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thanks, Miss Lauren. Really help. Hey, man. Tell our listening audience a little bit about yourself, please. My name is Michael Boludakis. My background is in computer science. I'm finishing my PhD right now on how the technology can enhance the learning outcomes. And for me, it's my second company, Kinams, that I'm working with. I exit the first one. Had to do with general education. We were building interactive simulations, content for big companies, interactive activities. That was for middle school and high school mainly. So after I exit that company, I dedicate my life in Kinams, where we work in special education mainly, but with characteristic and features that every child can benefit from it. Yes. Let's talk about that because this looks, this is something that everybody is really going to be really interested in. It says that this simplifies the IEPs. How does your company simplifies IEPs? And, and before we go any further, our acronym for IEP is Individual Education Plan. How do you make that simpler for schools? The students most of the times come with an assessment, the things that they need to work with, their IEPs, as you said. The teachers select those goals from our goal bank, and then the system initiates a game where the kids need to play with their bodies. It could be math, ELA, pre-K through five, but in order to play those games, they have to move their body. I can give you a demo if I can share my screen. I can definitely show you. 
how yes, does it, it would look like? There we so please meet my partner Valeria here, playing math, addition up to five, using her body. And I'm going to explain how we combine body movement with academics to work on IPs, because most of those kids with learning difficulties, neurodivergent students, also need to practice some body skills. I had coordination, gross motor skills, grasping, drunking, jumping, and all that just to equally participate in the classroom. Before even we start talking about math and language, there are some skills that they need to acquire. And this is how we combine those two movement, academics, and executive functions into one gaming environment. So Valeria is in the game. She's grasping the right answer and she's dragging it into the right bucket. If she makes a mistake, she's losing a life and that's how we move on. Why is this important? The eye-hand coordination, usually they do this in front of a mirror with occupational therapists and physiotherapists. Through this kind of technology, we're just using a webcam. The webcam we're talking right now. Through AI technology, we're able to cut your body and take you into another world the same way we do when we are on a virtual call, right? The way we remove our background. It's exactly the same technology. Plus, through AI technology, we're able to track where your hand is, where your head is, 19 spots of your body. While the kids are practicing OTPT protocols, at the same time, they work with academics, pre-K through five, math and language. And that's how we bring more movement in the classroom. Kinesthetic learning, as it's called, a modality that we always forget it exists, a modality that usually in order to put it in the classroom, we have to consider that as a break, time out from learning. And we call this whole child approach and a whole child approach would, should definitely uh, include movement-based learnings. So the same games also work on a tablet. The same games work on any computer with a touch because you understand moving from gross motor skills to touch and pen, that's fine motor skills. We want our kids to practice multiple modalities and multiple skills with just one platform. Now, you said a lot, but here in Texas, we have what they call the ARD committee. That is a committee that, that goes over and determines the IEP. Once these students have been given an IEP, how do you measure the fact that they are mastering or moving forward or learning in the IEP? As they practicing with our games, again, remember the teachers select the goals that they want the kids to work with based on their assessments. As they work with their bodies or with a computer with a touch, we collect both kinesthetic analytics about their body movement, if that grasping is getting better, if that midline crossing is getting better, if their jumping is getting better, not based on observations, but in real data. At the same time, we capture every question, every answer, and we aggregate those data in order to be able to provide with the mastery level of each one of the goals that they work with. Wow. I can see like this being a really major thing, especially for like tutorials or working with just general education students, as well as the students who are in special ed. Now, have you had this in practice in other schools or is there anywhere that anybody's using this? We are in 150 schools. We're serving eight states. We just started. We're scaling. And we hope to scale in Texas too. The idea is that this is a great product for inclusion classrooms, for self-contained classrooms. Pre-K and K, we're talking about just classrooms, right? Most of the times these kids have not been assessed with anything yet. 
but it's a very, you can get clear signs of whether the child might have challenges or not early enough. To control your body and your thoughts at the same time, it's not easy. And for those young learners to control their emotions, take their turns and control their body accordingly, teachers can easily tell if those kids might have challenges later. Thus, this is not an assessment tool. This is a great tool to keep practicing in a motivated way because they're using their bodies and train both their bodies uh, and their minds to keep practicing, keep improving. We have done scientific research. My co-founder is a university professor with expertise on interactive learning games. We work with Pace University in New York. We are based in New York and we've seen significantly improvement in their math and ELA plus executive functions. Are there any other subjects that you guys would like, maybe like science or social studies, perhaps? Social emotional skills is something definitely we're expanding in. And then science for sure, steadily and slowly, because before we release it, we do pre and post tests with schools and universities to make sure that every activity is going to work the way we designed it for and will definitely benefit all the kids. Yes, that's amazing. Now, as far as the R committee, when they get these reports that your your company will generate, how will they be able to use that data? There are two ways. They either import it in their student information system or IEP management system, or they just export it as PDF and then they can put them, they can print them. They can support an IP conversation with parents, but it's a great tool to also get kinesthetic learning analytics. That's important because right now, occupational therapists and physiotherapists are based, the reports are based on observations. With our tool, they don't have to keep notes. They set the goals. They set the threshold, like I want the child to jump X, and then the system will tell them exactly how high that child jumped. We really automate not just the learning process, but also the data for the occupational therapists and physiotherapists. And I guess you already know how hard it is to scale OTs and PTs, especially in large districts, right? It's hard to find them. They spend few minutes per week per kid. What we wanted to do is to build a classroom where we can bring in more occupational therapy, physiotherapy time with the teacher designed by specialists without considering that as a break in the classroom. That's amazing. I just, I'm looking at, because special education is divided into so many different levels. Specifically, this is to address those classrooms where students may be like in a self-contained classroom for the majority of the time, maybe wheelchair bound, perhaps, maybe have some other physical disability that may impair their movement. This will actually work with them. Exactly. The system will never ask that child to jump. If we said that this child is in a wheelchair, but we'll ask them to move the wheelchair left and right, we will ask them to raise one hand or two hands or do movements with their upper body. The system also works with eye tracking devices. We wanted to make sure that this is something accessible to everybody. But at the same time, movement is useful to everybody. All young learners need to be active. And we saw that after COVID, the kids were not moving the way they used to. They were locked down in, at home. They came back into the classroom and through our clients, we realized that they were getting many behavioral issues and they were spending a lot of time on classroom management rather than teaching. And this is a great way to really motivate your students with behavioral issues or without having everybody being active without considering that as a break in the classroom, practicing curriculum aligned with state standards. 
That's amazing. Now, also too, I heard you say it works on every device. The cell phone, cell phones included in it. They do for home use, of course. Many districts do not allow the use of cell phones in the classroom. But if they have Chromebooks or Apple or iPads or computers or touch boards, actually, that's why we call it whole child approach. Imagine the setup. You have it on the interactive board or interactive panel that you have in the class, and you're using your body through a webcam to play from distance with a board. And then imagine tracing letters like I. It's better to do tracing letters with your body first to understand the right to left, up and down, but also to muscle memory, the steps. Then you get a pen and you go on the board and you do exactly the same activity with a touch of the board. And then you go on a tablet with a stylus or your finger and you move from gross motor skills to fine motor skills. We call that the technology station. And then the same games can be printed as board games. Imagine playing Monopoly and then be able to print the board print the cards and actually play the same game in real life without screen time because that was also important to define the threshold between screen time and non-screen time and this is a great investment for the kids to fall in love with an activity with technology and then continue with the same graphics and the same experience with tangible card and board games last but not least imagine being able to print those letters and ask the kids to do the same thing with pen and paper with their hand in order to see if they really acquired the skills, if they generalize the skills they acquired through the use of technology. Because most of the times in research, we have been asked, okay, if a child can do math with their body, can they actually do it with pen and paper? These are the learning paths that we have designed so they can rotate, get engaged, and then go deeper down to knowledge, finally assessed with pen and paper. Man, that's great. As I was hearing you talk, man, I started to think about our emerging bilingual students. And you yourself are not a native English speaker. I'm only guessing because you told me. No, that's absolutely right. I'm originally from Greece. I lived in New York for the last nine years. But yeah. still, the accent is here, right? <laughs> yes, yes. And I was wondering, would your program work for students who are learning to speak English? And if so, have you guys already started to work with that? Yeah, first of all, the software is in English and Spanish. The platform could be in English and Spanish too, and the content could be in English and Spanish too. We have seen great improvement for kids because the the most important thing is to get them engaged. Then you just let them play and you just keep getting reports. English as a second language has been a great tool for that too, even for me. Also, the software is in Greek. We have a lot of schools in Greece practicing English through our software. We also have some Greek schools in USA that they practice Greek through our software. Yes, yes. How American of me to think that everybody needs to learn English, excuse me. It would be better for our students also to be practicing these languages. I think that opens up the world, actually. I think it's a great idea. Thinking about your program across the United States and other school districts, where, what states do you have a hold on or where people are practicing so that some of our listeners can probably tap into some of these other schools? Definitely Texas, Nevada, New York, Massachusetts, California, South Carolina, Ohio. And I have to go back to my list, (laughs) Arkansas. Every week we're getting new and new clients. So I really have to go back to my list, but happy to share it. Yeah, I would say most of the United States, Wyoming. I almost forgot Wyoming. Yeah, can't forget Wyoming, even though the great state of Texas is the best. But as I go on a little further, I also want to ask you, were you at ISTE this past week? Yes. 
Okay, great. Did you enjoy the conference? It was a wonderful conference, for sure. Yeah. To meet so many people. Yes, yes. I had a great time as well. And this the question of the evening is that everybody seems to have caught COVID. Did you guys make it out pretty good? Yeah, I was back healthy and safe because my I have a two-month child at home. So oh, I had to yeah. be very careful. Yes. Yeah, so lucky I did my tests. Yes. I got my guarantee time and I tested again and I'm absolutely fine and safe. Good. What good. about That's you? Oh, that's great news. We just came back to see down here in Texas, <laughs> we treat COVID a little bit different. I I haven't had a sniffle yet. We'll see. You look, we'll, you look healthy at least. <laughs> yes, I, that I am. I'm very healthy. Perfect. Uh, yeah, thank you for the, for the observation. Hey, is there any question that I did not ask you that you would like to share with our listening audience? I think we covered most of it. Usually the, the next thing they ask us is, do you have any professional development or how do you train your schools? It's a one hour session that we usually do either online or face-to-face. -face. And that's all they need. We guide them through setting up goals based on IEPs, measurable goals, SMART as they call them, goals, and then how they can assign them on the system, how they orchestrate The deployments, they, because they assign the goals in one place, and then they deploy those goals in many devices, like on the board, on the tablets, on the laptops, and they collect data, and then we train them how, based on that data, they should be activities to make sure they're going to achieve their goals. The most important part is the dashboards that we have. Through that, they can definitely observe and see what's working, what's not working, because we really want to make sure that those kids are getting better and better every week And we should not wait after a month to have that test to see if the child could improve or not. Through the platform, weekly, we're getting that monitoring, as we call it, and they can really quickly realize if they need to change something or not, which is very important. Yes, I do agree. And there's also something that came up at ISTE, which I wasn't really aware of as an educator, is that blockchain is starting to become a part of a lot of people's products. But even more to that is a security issue, student security. I guess an issue would be if I was being concerned about bringing it into my school, the question is like, how secure is your database that students' records aren't leaked to the internet? Recently, we got the New York State contract And we had to check all those checkboxes. So we comply with HIPAA, FERPA, GDPR, because we're also doing sales in Europe. We're very careful with that. We have our handling, that handling policy available public on our website and our privacy policy is available too. We have double encryption in storage. We're using cloud service, a branded cloud service to make sure everything is safe, but also can, and we have encryption also during the transmission of the data, not just the storage. We have processes. We never had an incident. We do not call identifiable information. We use single sign-on solutions. Most of the time, we do not get more than just a code. And, but we make sure we're going to store that code pretty safely. Gotcha. Gotcha. That was a hot topic at ISTE. I really appreciate you addressing that. Mike, where can our listening audience find Kinem's on the web or on social media? Facebook, it's Kinem's Learning Games. On LinkedIn, of course, it's Kinems. Our website, kinems.com. And we have a form at the bottom, or they can chat right away with our agents 24 hours, 24-7. We're always listening. We're always there for them. Happy to answer any questions. 
And we also schedule workshops, professional development for free. We want to spread the word of movement-based learning. Again, kinesthetic modality. It's something we always forget it exists. And you cannot have a whole child approach without it. Flipboard is a great way to collect articles for classes, show off your school and school spirit, and share expertise with peers. Welcome to Flip Tips. Today's Flip Tip is how to get started with Flipboard. Very simple. I want to thank Jeanette Spire and Terry Porter for coming up with our Flip Tips for today. The first thing you want to do is download the app for your Android or iOS device. Second thing you want to do is you want to create an account. Make sure you add a picture and complete your bio. Third thing you want to do is you want to follow topics. There are at least 34,000 topics that you can follow. Next thing you want to do is build your magazine. Navigate to the bottom of your profile icon and then select the collection options. Give your magazine the title and you've built your first magazine. I want to give a huge shout out for Terry Porter and Jeanette Spire on giving us today's flip tips. Flipboard fam, thanks for sticking with me on this episode. I would like to thank Mr. Michael Boladakis for sharing some very useful information on Kenium's and gamifying the IEP process. I want to give a special shout out to Crystal Vanderboom and Aileen Laylor for their edits on the Flipboard Educators blog. Speaking of shout outs, I want to give a shout out to All Things Marketing and Education with Elena Leone, My EdTech Life with Fonz Mendoza, Education Unleashed with Kendrick Thomas, and The Leader of Learning with Dr. Dan Cranes. Don't forget to subscribe to our Flipboard EDU Podcast Magazine and the Flipboard Podcast, The Art of Curation with Mia Quadrilo. Our podcast is available globally and everywhere you listen to podcasts. So please share our podcast with an educator or colleague. Until next time, family, every story has a plus.